Hello and welcome to Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides. This is Chris Hellstrom. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you doing, Jody? I'm doing all right. I'm not going to complain today. Okay, good. We don't want <laughs> but, to listen to it anyway. Right. Screw that. Who wants to listen to somebody complaining about their health? Uh, Shut that's up an and talk about the podcast, damn it. Uh, yeah. But I think we're going to start something today that should be funny for the listening audience, and that is a drinking game based yes. on how many times we say content-dependent or – Arrangement, arrangement calls, calls for. for. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we say that, you need to take a shot of tequila or bourbon or whiskey or whatever it is you like to shoot and see if by the end of the podcast, you're not keeled over like in drunken fashion. Yeah. So please listen responsibly. <laughs> That's right. <Listen laughs> and we'll try to act the part as well. Very much so. What are yeah. we talking about today? We're talking about bass today. Bass. Recording bass. Is that bass? bass. Yes. Oh, man. The funny thing. I just watched a video that must have been done in like 1979 or 1980-ish from like the Tom Schneider show or something of some weird nature in New York where they interviewed Kiss. Oh, that's an awesome video. And they're done up in their full regalia. And it's like, oh, it's hilarious. And Ace Frehley is just bombed out of his mind he is bombed out yeah, of his mind. Like- and he's talking about how he taught the the show host asked gene about playing boss oh really bay yeah as in like yeah. fishing fish yeah and That's and so when he talks to ace freely about well what do you play and he just responds trout <laughs> yeah, it's a classic interview. It's uh, yeah, even if you're not a Kiss fan, and I read somewhere that uh, Gene that was, was the beginning really, of the end for them. Yeah, and he was Gene was really really gung ho about going on that show because he oh, yeah. wanted to to show how what kind of an intellectual he was and how he could hold his own about these political discussions. And of course, never went Ace there. Just, Ace just grabbed the whole interview and ran with it. And it, it's, it's awesome. You can see that there's a couple of really, really good looks from Gene. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and Paul like, for that matter. It's like, yeah, you can see the split between Gene la- and Paul and then Peter and Ace. And it's and like, yeah. you got Peter and Ace on one side of the screen where they're I don't know if yeah. Peter was drunk, but Ace most certainly was. And then yeah. you got Gene and Paul who are like trying to be deadpan serious. And occasionally you see them lose it over something that Ace has right. said. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. pretty funny oh, shit. That, yeah. No, that, that was a classic <coughs> one. I, that's a good one. So, so you're kind of a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, uh, we got off track <coughs> early on. So <coughs> but nobody got to take a shot yet. So we're good. Right, so we'll we'll try to well let's see how long we can go without saying that. Uh, but we're talking about bass today. Yes, and the instrument, the instrument bass, and we're talking electric bass, not not stand up bass today. Generally, but, well, uh, I'm not sure we'll ever even get to stand up bass, will we? Maybe we uh, should just I mention it. Is that the pa- that we're mentioning it in passing right now? Right there, we go. Uh, no, we're some episode about- years from now we'll have that. Right. When both of us have a little experience of that to actually mention. I've got um, some, just not that much. Yeah. Um, I have it because I have it as a sample instrument, but that's <laughs> where she goes with that. 
Um, but the same thing goes for, as we say in the beginning of all of these episodes, seems like you got to make sure that your instrument is in working order. And what oh, does yeah. that mean, Jody? Well, it means that it's properly intonated. Strings yes. are relatively fresh unless you don't change them for a year like myself. Right. Or the string no height is good. crusty pots or yes, any of that. No scratchy stuff unless you're yeah. really looking for that for horror movie purposes or something. Right. So now these things should obviously go without saying, but we're probably going to keep repeating them anyway. Um, so maybe that's another drinking game in the future. <laughs> How many times can you say this? Take a shot. Right. The, the right. other thing too, in line with the the actual instrument in and of itself, your amp that you use with it, if you're using one, should also be in good working order. Sure. Yeah, making sure you know tubes and everything are changed. Or at least reasonably fresh or not about to die on you. Properly yet. biased. All that kind of all stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, again, techs are available to help you with that. That's right. Um, That's not our job. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily yours either, but you, you know, have it done. Um, other things. Now, this, ooh, we're going to have to tread lightly on this one because we're going to talk about what types of strings. So we're talking flat round, flat wound or round wound. Yeah. I use round wound myself, but that's me. Yeah, me too. Flat or flat wound, that's difficult for me to say. Say it 10 times uh, fast. Flat wound, 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 and flat wound. Boy, it's a good thing that wasn't a rhythmic thing because you lost the beat. <laughs> I did, but um, we're talking bass, so yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, that's fifteen seconds of the listener that will never get back in their life. <laughs> but um, no, but it is a sound difference, obviously. Yes, um, generally speaking, round wounds, and this goes for electric guitars. I think we mentioned it there too. Is that the round wounds will sound much more lively and punchy? Whereas flat wounds will sound much more mellow and reserved. Right. So, yeah. So, um, whatever this song calls for. Is that an arrangement thing? <laughs> I think that's an arrangement Program thing. dependent. No, program Take a shot. Something. Take a shot, people. Um, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, it is, and it, there's, to a certain degree, it's, um, you know, player comfort, whatever you're used to using. Um, but... You know, if you're doing now, here's something else that we should bring up. It's like fretless bass. If you're playing fretless, yeah, um, that makes a difference too, right? Especially and when it comes there, to things of intonation. Yes, yeah. There's. Uh, I have to tell a really, really bad musician joke when it comes to that. Is it a joke but, or is it a story and true to life? No, it is most definitely a joke. <sighs> okay, I'm ready to and laugh. That is what is the definition. Of a minor second. You've stumped me. What is the definition of a minor second? Two fretless bass players playing in unison. <laughs> Bada boom. Snap my or slap my knee and then snap it off. Yeah, no, I told you it was bad. But um but, but that's something that again, you know, if you're playing fretless, maybe you have a preference. You want flat wounds for that to get less of, of the string noise type of thing or yep, things to consider. That. But 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 I would say that when um just going into the studio as as an engineer, I would probably not tell anybody to change their strings 
Um, well, I you would hope like, that the, if it's a session player, like say Nathan East, he's probably well, going to come with an arsenal of bases that has varying string gauges, string types, what have well, you. Yeah. I mean, if I'm doing Nathan East, I'm not telling him anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just set listening. it up and go, dude, just play. I'm, I'm ready to hit sit record back and cap enjoy. for you. Yeah. Um, no, but let's say that somebody comes in and they're they're used to playing. I always play my flat wounds. Okay, then you know if unless it causes an issue with their tracking, I, I'm not going to make him change, right? Because it's that comfort factor. Now I might suggest some things like, hey, you're doing an awful lot of string sliding here. So unless you want to sound like Gene Simmons on a live one, <laughs> um, you might want to call it. With or maybe you want to consider trying a different type of string, but uh, you could also oil the strings, but that's a whole other thing there, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, there, I would say overall, there, if it's a sound that they want, it's something to s- suggest, but uh, if the player's not comfortable doing that, then stick with whatever they're comfortable with, or if you're the player, you know, you might have some fun, try different things, but play where you're comfortable with. Um, which leads us into the next point. And this is a contentious issue for a lot of bass players. And what is that? It it is, do you play with your fingers or do you play with your pick? Yeah. If you play with a pick, you're not a real bass player, right? Yeah. Just like Paul McCartney and Carol Kay, right? Yeah. I was doing, I was playing bass not long ago in in a rehearsal for a situation and someone else was like, dude, you're a freaking amazing bass player. And I said, thank you. I'm not a bass player. And yeah. the drummer piped up and said, yeah, he's not a bass player because he's playing with a pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was playing with a pick. Now, can I play bass with my fingers? Most certainly I can. However, my fingers have these lovely fingernails on them that I like to actually keep in shape for playing acoustic guitar and uh, nylon string guitar. So therefore, I tend not to use my fingers while playing bass. Otherwise, it chews the living bejesus out of my fingernails, and then they're gone, and I don't have them for my guitar. Right. So, well, there's I that. Use, there's I also the uh, – yeah, and there's also that if you have too much of a nail when you're playing with your fingers that you can get that clicky kind of sound when you're playing that may or may not be desirable. Sure. Um, but um, – so I don't Here. care. I, I'm perfectly fine with somebody playing with their fingers. I'm perfectly fine with someone playing with a pick as long as they can play and play well and sound good. Right. Yeah, That. I mean, that's the bottom line. Fingers and picks. Fingers and picks. Fingers and picks. 20 things uh, we share. Right. So as long as they, they play well and be comfortable doing what they are. Um, I've always been of the mindset that when I play bass, if I'm doing more of a rock thing that I, which is what I tend to do most of the time, um, I will more often than not play with my pick. The pick is something that's obviously coming from a guitar player perspective. It feels more comfortable, but the um, it's also the sound for me. You, when I play, I get a lot more of the attack uh, on uh, with a pick. Uh, so if I'm going for something that might be a, more of a mellower type of a thing. Mm-hmm. I might uh, approach that with my fingers. So um, that would be the only thing. But again, same thing with the strings there. If you're not comfortable doing one or the other, as long as you can play, I'm not going to make you. you know? You're not going to make them play? 
You should make them play. I'm, always make I'm, them play. Yeah, I always try to do that, and then I call somebody else to replace it. No, uh, <laughs> no, but um, and that does happen in the real life of studio recordings out there in oh, real life land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not call out any names because well, I'm not calling cool. out names. I'm just saying it happens. Yes, most definitely happens. Um, so. Well, once you get past the attacks of either your fingers or your picks and you've let go of the anomaly of like pick players or not real bass players, uh, right. what happens next? Where does the signal go? Well, that is another choice, right? You either go your amp or DI versus – well, I tend to – if there's an option, if the player really has their favorite amp, I'll do that. But I also like to have a DI signal. Yes. Um, but we're also talking possibly software versus a real well, amp. Yeah. So amp or DI, let's cover that one first. So sure. Or why not both? There was a well, point yeah. in time where I was doing both for quite a while. Then I stopped. Yeah. I, I don't know I, why I stopped, but I did. Yeah. I yeah. prefer doing both. Um, because I think it comes down to the mix issue, um, where, an amp signal can be really, really great in the room, and you can oh, this sounds awesome. But in my experience, you might lose a little bit of clarity. Losing um, clarity. Yeah, in like no definition, that type of thing. Um, and then if you have the DI, mm -hmm. you can kind of balance those a little bit better, and you can bring out certain things to, to, to give that. But It's kind of um, like going back to the acoustic guitar thing. Yeah. You can get a little more clarity by using the DI signal, but uh, right. didn't really say that, did I? I said it now. You said it now. No, but we, we touched on it, I believe. So, because um, you were talking about the certain mid range when it kind of gives you yes. certain things. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's almost, you can almost look like it, like having that, that DI is just a safety net for you. If something goes awry or anything, but, but you still have that and it does serve a function. Yes. I think sonically as well. Um, so then it comes down to just, you know, again, players preference, what they like as far as like what kind of amp they have. If they have a favorite amp, if they have, you know, an Ampeg or a Boogie or, or whatever they, they like to use. Let's make that bad boy sound good. And let's and, not uh, forget like Harky, Galleon Kruger, <laughs> Aguilar. No, of course, all of that, all the Edens of the world, and, and all that kind Alembic. of stuff as well. Actually, they just make bases. I don't know if they make amps. Yeah. So, all right. Well, so, so, so that yeah, it, it comes down to a preference from the musician. But I, as a producer or re recording engineer, would always recommend getting a DI signal anyway, whether yeah. you use it in the mix or not. It's a good idea to have it. It's nice to have the option. Yeah. Yep. 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 Definitely. So, um, do you have any favorite bass amps that you have worked with, or that, that you prefer, or have played through, or or? Um. No, never having been an actual bass player with actual bass amps, I can't say that I have. I've never purchased a bass amp. Have I played through certain amps? Yes, I've played through an Aguilar. I've played through an Ampeg SVT with an 810 cabinet and those kind of things. They yeah. sound great for what they are, but not being an actual, like, this is my job as a bass player, bass player, 
I have never purchased a bass amp. Right. No, I'm in the same category. I've done live shows for people and things and been reliant on whatever might have been in the back line and that kind of thing. And, uh, yep. you know, so I, I can't speak too eloquently of, of the ins and outs of certain amps. That That's up for somebody else to do. But, but you know, uh, it is fun to stand in front of an SVT-810 and you're thinking, these 10-inch yes. speakers aren't going to do anything. <laughs> and then you get hit by a wall of sound. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> that is absolutely. pretty darn deep and powerful and punching you right in the chest. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that that just feels good, doesn't it? But that's that's a whole different thing from actually recording it. It just is cool from a standpoint of live and standing there kind of thing. Uh, right. In terms of it's also gigantic. I mean, that thing's almost as big as me. And yeah. SVT 810. I mean, it's a good right. five and a half, six. It's almost, well, maybe not quite six feet, but it's like five and five to five and a half feet tall. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I think, yes, well, a little bit less than that, I think, but, but they're, they're, they're big. big beasts. Yeah. And they, they sound and feel good. Um, yeah, it's a great feeling. It's something about having your own frequency range too, you know, yeah. to kind of, you know, deal with it. It is pretty cool. Yep. So, um, but then also too, it, it comes down to you playing a four string bass, five string bass, yeah. Apparently, how big do bass get now? Seven string bass? I mean, that would be kind of Oh, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure, sure it's way it. more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but do you do you need that? And while you were touching on that, I didn't necessarily think of, of this as a topic, but let's say that you you want to go down to those low ranges, like bass like corn and stuff like that. They have five string and they often tune down to the low string is an A. Right. So, yeah, I get that really nice and fat thing. And the the joke used to be that people that that have those multi-string guitars or basses is that uh, if you if you use tablature to write out their parts, it would look like binary code because you go open one string in the first fret, right? But um, if you if you're going for something like that, but you don't have, you know. The, the funds or whatever to get a let's say a seven string bass or five string bass even you know you might want to consider getting if you have a spare four string bass set up with just heavier strings get it set up for that but but have it tuned so you essentially get rid of the of the g string yeah and just kind of string it um, so there are things like that i used to do that on guitar when we used to play together for a while i had a string or a guitar that was strung b to b so um that was my it's, fault because I was doing a lot of seven string stuff. You did. Yep. Yep. You did. But um, that is, excuse me again, I have to fix my camera here a little bit. Pardon everybody. Um, but um, what was I going with that? Yeah. String, um, yeah. All the low strings and all this kind of stuff. It feels really, really good to kind of have that just pounding along but that leads us kind of into um software amps as well yes, just as yes. we talked about with uh on the guitar um episode um and that's where mm -hmm. i'm a big proponent of the software amps too because now i have a whole plethora of bass amps and cabinets of which to go through yeah and experiment with and all this with, kind of, yeah. yeah yeah so What's your approach there when you do? Because I still like to have a DI track when I do that as well. 
to kind of blend those just for the sort of clarity and that kind of thing. And, and I like that sound of the bass or amped sound w- along with the DI. Well, you know, in terms of keeping a DI track, if you're tracking in Logic or whatever DAW it is, and you don't actually print the sound, but you're recording the direct bass, then you've already got your DI track right there. Sure. And but then I mean, you're running it through When it amp. comes to, right, but I'm thinking about when you're coming to uh, the mixing stage as well, where, because there were even, I know in Logic, which I'm, I'm a big fan of their bass amps, actually. Uh, Unlike their guitar have, amps. Yes. Yeah, not, not a big fan of those. Um, but they have you know, DI boxes as an emulation in there. Yep. Running through those and blending that, I think sounds really, really good. So I think my my point is there that the DI gives me an option that that I always like to have and I like to to blend that along with with, with Americans love options. Yes. (laughs) I'm so Americanized now. Um, Even if they're not good for them, they still love them. Yes, uh, but that's a whole other topic, and we probably shouldn't <laughs> go into that uh, in this podcast. But um, which ones, when it comes to software, do you have any favorites that you'd like to use? Uh, you know, I tend to use the Logic ones quite a bit. I use the Pod Farm ones quite a bit, Pod Farm 2 uh, base mm-hmm. amps. And much like the guitars, I turn the cabinets off. And then use the mix IR cabinets for their bass cabinets, right? And choose the mics and such because, un, well, not unlike guitar, because the guitars are fairly can be fairly drastic, but the bass cabinets and bass amps, their tonality and their thump and their low end rumble and everything can change dramatically based upon the microphone. Sure, I mean really dramatic yeah like the 4038 i think it is is probably for low end just girth happens mm-hmm. to be i think my favorite microphone for low end girth because whatever it accentuates in the low end just gives a huge enveloping bass tone now, yeah. It doesn't do much for the top end, but that's the low end. So sometimes I will actually take a certain frequency range for a microphone on one cabinet, and then I will use a second amp or a second cabinet with a different microphone for an entirely different range. So I'm capturing something from the low to the high using the things that are very good for each situation on a bass because the bass becomes a, a whole different beast in that regard Yeah, compared to guitar. Right. Um, and yeah, I have. And in terms of like, and just like guitars, I prefer the software amps because you get a, a lot more variety and choices so you can dial in as many tones as needed without having to buy a ridiculous amount of hardware to do it. Right. Yeah, well, that is exactly the same thing as when, you know, we're talking guitar emulations versus actual amps, right? If you right. have, and I think I mentioned in that guitar episode, so unless you're Joe Perry or Joe Bonamassa and you get a museum of amps, right? right? Most mortals don't. So you, you're 
you know, I'm a big proponent in knowing your gear, but if you have more options in the software world, you can certainly experiment more and, and get to something that might be more appropriate for, shall I say it? <laughs> more appropriate for the song. That's right. That's right. Have the arrangement, <laughs> program yeah. dependent, take another yep. shot. Cheers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I... I <coughs> I do like those now. I don't know why it is, but I I do like the Logic amps when it comes to to the emulations. Uh, I've tried others, and I'm normally I'm a really big fan of the Plugin Alliance stuff. The Brainworks, their guitar amps. I think the, the angle. I will never stop singing their praises. Um, but when it came to the the bass amps, they're equally as good. But I felt that I get the same kind of result from um, the Logic amps. So for me, it was one of those things. I was all ready to, to plunk down the credit card and, and, and get those. But I ended up doing the test. And again, not that they were bad. It just wasn't worth the investment for me to, to sure. stray away from the, uh, the Logic ones, which I do like a lot. Now, I, unlike you, I tend to go with the built-in cabinets with those as well. You're weird. So, I know, right? <laughs> but I uh, no, but one thing too that I I do like with that is in Logic they have on the actual plugin interface they have the blend knob between the DI and the amp. Yep. And um, so I don't I don't go through the process usually of, of duplicating a track and having that as a DI. So um, I can do that right there. Do you know what I call that? That's called cheating. It's cheating. That's right? that's yeah. not real. That's not right. You can't do that's that. Not that's real, cheating. Man. Yeah, not playing with a pick and doing that. Yeah, I'm not, that's I'm just, not even you're, close. To, you're taking all the fairness out of the world. Stop it now. <clears throat> I'm not even close to being a bass player. <laughs> um, no, but those are things that that um, I like to do. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to, I mean, one well, thing to consider, I suppose, but this is a little bit more in the mix section portion of it. But more often than not, that 999 times out of 1,000, the bass is going to be right down the middle. Right? Well, yeah. It's, it, it's not a stereo instrument. You want it equally balanced. Um, Duh. Well, you know, you could experiment with, with things, but then I think it sounds... Now you're going to be like the Beatles. You're going to have the bass on one side and the guitars and vocals on the other. Yeah, man. Why? These days, we don't need to do that anymore. That's right. It not No more. Well, why not? Experiment. Have fun with it. See what you can do. Absolutely. But um, so, you know, you want that really nice, solid foundation there. And uh, the other thing, the or not the only thing, but one thing to keep in consideration while tracking bass and, and where is it going to sit is, you know, the main competition is the kick drum, isn't it? So Depends on you your know, kick, but sure. Well, yeah, but it also is depending on the arrangement. That's Cheers. right. Take another shot. Yeah. Um, but w- what do you want to be most prominent in the low end? Is it going to be, be the kick? Is it going to be the bass? Um, that's something that you have to, you know, figure out when you're going in for it. But um, drop it like it's hot. Yes, it's all about the bass. 
According um, to Megan Trainer, anyway. Absolutely. She did okay with that. I wonder if her bass player played keys or actual bass. I'll have to go back and listen. Sounds like a stand-up to me, but that's just me. I'll have to go back and listen. Um, yeah, so same thing as with guitar, I think. The software thing versus the actual amp. Just different tools. Uh, different to tools. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use them. Right. Uh, a lot of flexibility. Um, and um, and the more yeah, surprising yeah. thing that most people wouldn't rec- really recognize is that there's an awful lot of bass tones out there on recordings that is the direct signal and not some amped up, mic'd up thing. Right. So yeah. you can get away with the direct signal quite a bit. Yes. Unless, of course, you're doing things that require distortion and other things, and then often that sounds much better when you're amping or using an amp plug-in, either, either or. Yeah, and even then, it's a good um, thing to try to uh, use like a split signal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blend those so that you can even direct with the distortion, and even having maybe just a certain part of the frequency spectrum going through the distortion and leaving maybe the low end really clean, uh, so that it doesn't just woof out and and become unintelligible. Woof, woof. In in your track. Yup. You hear that? That's my dog in the track. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Was that part of the arrangement? No, but take a shot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now now we're bordering on being irresponsible. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, the usual suspects. Make sure your gear's in good working order. Um, reasonably fresh strings. Um, consider if you're comfortable playing with both pick and fingers. What what's appropriate for the track? Um, Take a shot. And then and then what? Uh, oh, I, I stepped right into that. Um, amp versus DI or both, preferably. I think we both agree on that. Yep. Um, and uh, if you have software emulations, use them uh, and see what's going to work best for you. Damn right. Right. All right. So that's what I have on my list, Jody. I think that's going to do it for me. Do you have anything that you'd like to add? Well, I think maybe we should try doing a sonic example on the website of a that's difference probably... between using a DI signal and a amped amp sim. type signal right. as well. Maybe and we can do a little two-minute Tuesday tip that goes along with all that that talks about how to record some bass or how to put it into a mix. That sounds like a splendid idea. Yay for splendid. Yes. <laughs> all right, Jody. Thank you so much for today. Uh, you have a wonderful rest of the day in the recording studio. Will do. So for all you out there and inside the recording studio land, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.